for the first time in four and a half years working on this game, um, as you may recall, I was ready to quit. Yo, G. Mr. Blair, so we just recorded another podcast, didn't we? We did. It's been a while. I know. too long. This one is interesting uh, just because I was sick. I'll get into that in the podcast. Um, I apologize in advance to everybody for just kind of like just coughing over Blair during his, you know, rambles. If that's (laughs) what you want to call it. Yeah. But, uh, you know. It's kind, of, it's kind of cool. We're not like drunk this time. Sometimes we are. So, <laughs> um, this uh, this episode, I think. Well, so we talk about Magfest. We talk about the feedback we got from the judges at Magfest. Uh, and Kids of Carindar will be at Magfest this year. We got off the wait list, and so if please come and join us there if, if you're interested in both Magfest and indie games in general and just the whole music and uh gaming and music sort of um stuff uh because it's a lot of fun and the people there are amazing but um this was a difficult episode because if I, th- I would say difficult for me uh we the the feedback from the judges at least one in particular yeah, was, uh, was hard you know, Let's 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 be honest. Uh, um, things they said are hard to hear, and then we'll we'll get into that. I guess, I guess as, as as we get in the podcast a little bit. Yeah, and on that, just uh, stick around, uh, enjoy it. It's a little bit of a longer one, but um, I hope it's entertaining. It's a. I, I think for anyone who is a game developer who listens to this, will relate so much. For anyone who's interested in being a game developer, please don't let this turn you off from doing it. Being an artist and and putting yourself out there is difficult. Um, Nothing makes it easy. Uh, It takes uh, strength of character in some respects. It it takes a tenacity. It takes just, how would you put it, Gary? I'm not being very articulate. I will. I will say. I will say this. Like doing the podcasts, uh, you get pretty raw, and that's okay. I think it's just a, a part of it. And the audience, uh, maybe they're gonna want to see that, right? To see, you know, what's gonna be like when you're putting yourself uh, into a game like this. That's you know, multi-year. It takes a lot of you know time, energy, resources, and you're you're putting yourself out there a lot, right? And you're gonna, you're gonna be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And on that note, I think we'll just get into it. Um, again, if you like what we do and want us to keep doing it, please like and subscribe. Please check out Kids of Carando. Please come to Magfest. We'd love to meet you all. And um, yeah, enjoy the episode. Here we go. All right, Gary, how are things going? I'm sick right now, man. That's what's, what's happening. On? What happened? I was uh, I was on a plane getting home, and then uh, I got sat beside uh, some lady that was really diseased. She was she, she was not 
she was not sounding good, man. Like I sat, I, I, I like I sat down, everything was fine. And then she was like, just like coughing, just hurling phlegm like almost everywhere. I like look over and like damn, I'm, like trying to lean over to the aisle, trying to escape. Um, there was an empty seat right beside me on the other side, but uh, the stewardess ended up sitting there. So I had to like sit beside this lady for the whole flight. Luckily, um, I, uh, I like kind of dozed off, I guess, for, for most of it, but not even woke up and I started feeling it in the throat. Like that quickly. Yeah, I was, I was probably like starting to get sick prior, but I'm mm. just going to blame her just because it's fun. All right. Okay. Yeah. So you got, um, yeah. Lots of right. stuff going around right now. Yeah. But yeah. How you feeling? It is what it, it is. What it is. So. Are, are you uh, feeling pretty sick or? Uh, I, I, well, I'm still kind of feeling the throat. But other than that, like, I feel sort of fine. Maybe a little bit tired. But, you know, we'll, we'll see if it develops into other symptoms tomorrow. You, you never know. Well, hopefully not. Uh, I hope, yeah, hope you feel better. Yeah, I'm hoping this is the end of it. I'll start getting chills or whatever, but uh, the immune system is going to do its thing. So let's just let us do its thing. So how's stuff going with music for the game? It's all right. Um, this weekend, I'm going to kind of continue working on the uh, the Wilcrest uh, Will song. Okay. So that's the piece of music that plays uh, when Elmo's backstory is uh, is playing out. Um, I think I should be able to kind of loop that up, and then I'm going to move on to uh, the AI towers. Sweet. Thoughts um, on uh, I, I guess the prototypes that, that I've sent you. <clears throat> Feel free to be uh, candid. It's all good. So of uh, the AI tower uh, and Willcrest. I like them both. I need to listen to them again to give you more feedback. Um, but the initial, the initial prototypes that I've heard, I, I've enjoyed. Yeah, like when um, I got back, uh, when I got back to Edmonton, I was listening to AI, AI Tower song again, and uh, it's kind of felt like it was starting to head in a bad direction. So, kind of want to get that fixed up this weekend. <laughs> all right well i'm gonna overlay that music a little bit while when i edit the podcast here so people oh, can hear okay. the yeah, prototype sure. <laughs> um so we have play nyc and we had um we have Magfest coming up once again and uh play nyc was actually a lot of fun it was it's uh, i thought it was gonna be the last one but that was uh, a misunderstanding on my part it is the last one where Dan Buchko is um, is uh, the CEO of Playcrafting. He's leaving Playcrafting and taking looking at other opportunities. As I, I don't know what he's doing yet. He's he, he didn't say. I don't think he's made his, made up his mind. But he is leaving um, Playcrafting. And after seven years of running the thing, I imagine he's tired. It's been a long time. I think he wants to move on to other things. But, what, uh, what else about the playcrafting experience? So, Gumbo um, did their Gumbo uh, basically bought up a booth or, or several tables uh, for the event. So it was um, me and Valentina shared a table, 
and then there are a few other people uh, from Playcrafting showing their games there too. Uh, it was actually the first time that I've played Unwound, uh, which is Valentina's game. And uh, I know we had it on the podcast, uh, literally the last episode that people would have seen. And um, her game was really good. Uh, it's really unique. I, I like the idea that you play as a ball of yarn with googly eyes that rolls around the world and just it's like an adventure RPG platformer kind of thing. I think that's the way I'd describe it. I don't know how she would describe it, but uh, the exploration element, the puzzle element, sort of like uh, your ability to upgrade your body by finding like these weird doll body parts. Like you can add an arm to your yarn ball and it, it gives you some extra abilities. And you know you can add like legs to your yarn ball so you can jump higher. It's um kind of like fairly uh, abstract in, in that kind of sense like abstract art but it is it is super cool like the visuals in the world are are are, are very very pretty um the play mechanics are nice it's still in development and so this is where i'm going to pivot into uh, magfest a little bit so we both kids of Carindale and unwound both applied for magfest we were both waitlisted uh, we got off the waitlist, and she unfortunately is still on the waitlist. But I, I'd love to see her game make it into Magfest because I think it does need to get that audience. Because I think Magfest would be incredibly kind and supportive for that game and, and help and help like because the feedback you get at Magfest is always constructive and kind. It would help, it, like much like the feedback we've gotten, it would help her improve her game too. Yeah, that's awesome. It actually sounds like a really fun game. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's developing well. It's develop, developing well, sounds like. Absolutely. And there's a few other um, uh, other podcast at attendees there. Uh, well, so Kati, who is Andrew's wife from Zelda Singularity, was there. Andrew was not there. And we also had Kinsel Studio there. Just Jordan. Uh, they were showing their newest game that has just launched on Kickstarter, uh, under uh, Undermine. Uh, I did a quick review of it on our bonus episode that I posted about a week ago. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and talking to Jordan was, was, was pretty enjoyable. The game is pretty cool. So I want this podcast to air while they're, uh, while their Kickstarter is still running. So everyone should check that out and support it because it is going to be a really good game. They are off. They are asking for a hefty fifty thousand dollars on Kickstarter. I honestly don't know if that's possible on Kickstarter anymore in these days, but um, that is what they're asking for, and I hope they get it. I mean, it's live for a month, so we'll see what happens. Hey, well, you got to aim high. You got to aim for what you need, right? Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully they get it. So, I guess in terms of uh, play IYC and the audience. Uh, for Kids of Carindale. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? And So there were RPG you... fans there, absolutely. Uh, typically when we go to an expo, you and I, from our own experience, will have people play the game for, like the RPG fans will certainly play for 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, nobody played that long here. Uh, one person played for 30 minutes. And they made it to the squid, the first boss in the game. 
Do you think uh, the fact that this Play NYC was a one-day event and somewhat short played into that a little bit, whereas MegFest was I think so, yeah. multi-day yeah. and people Megfest had more of a chance to, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely, I think the uh, condensed timeline for the event, people wanted to go around and consume everything that was there. And there were, I, I didn't get a chance to play a lot of games there, but what I saw there was certainly intriguing. We were approached by a publisher. Um, they, oh crap, what, what were they called again? Uh, they, they're one of the physical publishers that, that, that create physical copies for games. It wasn't a limited run games, it was another one. Um, I will post in the description once I look it up again. Yeah, let's uh, just invent a name right now that we can just bleep it out later with the other name once, uh, once you figure it out. Yeah, I'm not editing out much, but yeah, anyway. Um, the thing is, is we're not ready. Like they, they're looking, and it would be great to like have a physical copy of this game because the Karen is still several years out and we don't know what consoles we're going to be launching on. It might be PS6, it might be the next Xbox, it might be the Switch 2, whatever it is. Uh, but it's not going to be any of the current generation consoles unless we're incredibly lucky, but... That's a, I, I think that's a bit of a pipe dream at this point. So other than that, like did this publisher actually seem interested in the game in any fashion yes. or? They, they are particularly interested in RPGs. They, they seem to have an affinity for that. They also talked fairly significantly to Valentina because her game is an RPG as well. So okay. um, yeah, they're, they're very interested in, in RPGs a lot. And the, this, yeah these people liked it a lot um i want to get into the megfest stuff but i, I know you do i know you do maybe this is a segue for you to just jump right into it mr b do you have you stuff ready that's for on your mind? are you ready for the megfest shit well we got to get it up i know you've right. been wanting to talk about this for a while so Maybe you just dive right into it. You got to get let's, it off your chest. You know what? Let's not start with me. Let's start with you. Okay. You got the MegFest. You, you saw the MegFest stuff before I did. Because I, yes. I, was, I was in San Francisco at the time for work. Yeah. Uh, and you told me it, the feedback was pretty brutal. It was very... It was hard. brutal. It was, it was pretty hard to hear, uh, to, be, to be honest. So what was your reaction? This is the first, so for anyone who's um, who's listening or watching, this is the first time Gary and, have, Gary and I have spoken in, in quite a while. And this yeah. is all raw. We haven't talked about this face-to-face uh, -face at all yet. So everything you're about to see or hear is going to be um, just the raw and candid emotions from our yeah. experience from this. Okay, so... I can't remember what I was doing at the time, but then I, I checked. I checked the email, and it was like, "Hey, here's uh, some feedback um, from Megfest that uh, you guys were. I guess we were kind of soliciting it as well." Yeah, uh, I mean, something, it's, it's, nice it's not something the that they the judges. Yeah, it's not something that they normally do, but they no, no, no. They, they give you the feedback every year. They do. Oh, really? Yeah, everyone at Gumbo who applied got their feedback. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that, that wasn't my understanding. 
uh, I, as I was reading the email, I kind of got the impression that they didn't normally do that. But if, if they do, that's, uh, that's another thing. Because I don't, I don't remember getting that same feedback last year. Well, we, we got feedback, but it was not like this. Okay. The, the feedback. But I, I also remember that, uh, that we also had to ask for it. Well, I asked for both years, but um, they, they give it out anyway. Because as I said, everyone at Gumbo who applied got their feedback as well. Like this okay. is this is standard practice for them. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, I read through the email, and it was actually quite a lot of stuff that was uh, said about the game, and not all that was necessarily nice. I guess. Um, well, a lot of things that were kind of hard to hear in terms of, um, you know, there was stuff in there about the game design, especially around battle system, um, and. I knew that was going to be tough for you to hear since you were very, very proud oh, of that battle. The battle system had was the only thing in it that wasn't panned. What do you mean panned? Panned, like it wasn't critically panned as badly as everything else, except for okay. the music. The music was the only thing that seemed to be a unifying factor that people liked. Really, I, I never got that. I, I'd like it. And what I got from it is what well, they didn't really talk about it a whole lot, um, which I mean could be a good thing. I don't I don't know. Well, well you know what, but Gary? I like what I got the I got the review right up in front, all, all the feedback right up in front of me right now. So shall well, I we guess just start from the top. Okay. All right. So now we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight judges provide feedback on it. Um, most of the judges provided fairly short feedback. I would say seven of the eight did. And then one of them wrote a novel. Um, so we'll start with judge number one and then we'll skip past the novel and do three through eight. And then we'll circle back to the novel. So the very first judge said, Game seemed well done and complete. That was all that judge said. Great, that, that's nice. That, that's, that's positive feedback, brief to the point. Judge three said, freaks out in full screen with two monitors. That seems like a bug to me. I, I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there. We'd probably need to take a look at that and try and test it. I'm assuming this person was on a Windows machine. I, I don't know. Um, changes the resolution of my other monitor. And if I click in a second monitor, it kicks me out of full screen. Some text boxes move along automatically rather than when I press enter. So I'm missing some of the early dialogue. The button prompts show controller buttons and it doesn't tell me anywhere what keyboard buttons those are, nor can I rebind controls. Okay, explain shortly after because it's a tutorial. And the screen that explains it has very compressed text which uh, some of which I can't read. This info dump makes for terrible tutorials. Uh, the first prisoner I see is implied to be a pedophile, so I'm marking this inappropriate. Overall, overall, it's it's very rough design-wise. Lots of pixel art of varying size that doesn't mesh well, including character sprites way zoomed in after combat, an unhinged amount of tutorial text, and tons of garishly colored menus overlapping each other across the screen. So let's uh, let, let's break that one down. Um, I learned a new word, garishly. Yes, garishly. 
So the first thing is freaks out uh, in in full screen with two monitors. I don't know what's going on. Um, that that I I, we, I I don't know. Um, it's probably some kind of bug. Maybe we just need to do something uh, to to con better control that. Um, and now again, some of this is it lacks context, so I can only make assumptions about what he's talking about. Some texts, some text boxes move along automatically rather than when I press enter. Now this could be a couple things. So the opening cutscene when Telly is flying in uh, over the clouds, that that text moves automatically. It's slowed down intentionally to align with the music, but it's also not fast. So the players should be able to read it if they're paying attention. Um, I'm. Uh, and if he's talking, if otherwise, if he's talking about when you get items and the treasure information pops up and it goes away on its own, yeah, that's true. Um, but that's not something I plan on changing or should I think we should change. Um, okay, so the compressed text on the screen to tell you how to open the menus. And um, the controller buttons, uh, and I think this person was probably using a keyboard when he was playing. Um, I need to take a look at that. That's probably a bug because I think when it switches from the title screen to the opening cutscene, for whatever reason, it pivots back to gamepad controls by default until the character uses their keyboard. So I think that's probably what's going on there. I think that's just a bug that needs to be fixed. Um, Okay, and the compressed text, I assume this has to do with um, the, uh, I, I shrunk the text box, the on-screen information tells you how to open the menu or minimize or maximize the map is smaller. He says he can't read it. That's something to um, look at, but it's the only time I've heard that complaint. So I'm not gonna act on that as uh, right now. The info dump makes for terrible tutorials. Um, what do you think of that one, Gary? I see his point. I mean, no one really wants to get hit by a wall of text. Okay. So what do you think we should do instead? Do we really need to have tutorials? I mean, is this game... Does Do you feel like a lot of people don't know how to play it i guess when you when they first pick up the controller and just start playing it so i mean like i, I know like my, our experience from magfest and in too many games some people went in there and you know took a look around but most people just kind of just kind of got it so tutorials are the bane i think of any game developer's existence um you want to make a game that is intuitive and you provide the minimal amount of information as possible on how to play. And, um, and ideally, you can have a tutorial system that guides you through, uh, that, that, that's intuitive, and it, it's organic, basically. Um, Burgle's Bounty, when we were building that game, went through several, several, several iterations of tutorials. And uh, I remember at the beginning of that game, it was kind of similar where 
there know, was a block we, there was a lot of yeah. you know stuff people had to read but yeah. i think and i think we the, the way we landed it later was it was just a little bit of a hand-holding kind of thing where you just show the player one thing at yeah. a time yeah. and that and seemed to that seemed to work well uh no okay so the thing is what I've learned from making games, other people get it or they don't. So I have seen, I watched people at Expos on Virgil's Bounty uh, go through the tutorial successfully. And then we throw them into the wild to play the levels out the hand holding. They're like, what do I do? And then I've seen people who don't need the tutorials at all and just get it right away. It's, um, I don't know. Um, so the other option is, so what I did for Kids of Carindale, why I did it this way, because before I didn't show the big box, like the big tutorial text boxes and, and throw all that stuff at them. All it did was it said, there's new tutorials available for you. And then told them where to go to find them. We could go back to that. I'm happy with that. But what I found when we were too many games at MegFest, People would go in that and then still just get lost in the tutorial menu. So instead of doing that, I just put it up there, gave them the option to skip it. And then, and that's not uncommon. Like I, I'm playing through Xenoblade Chronicles 3 right now, and I played the other two. Xenoblade Chronicles is actually notorious for, <laughs> for big boxes of tutorials that, that like, like that is just their thing. And I chose that method uh, for this game as well. And Ease uh, does something similar as well. And it's like, kind of in my mind, it's like, I'm throwing a tutorial at you so you know that it's there. I don't care if you read it or not, but if you need, need it for later, you know where to find it and you know what the information is. I, I don't care if you read it. If it's a minor inconvenience, if it's an inconvenience for you at the start of the game, okay, yeah, it's annoying. Is it going to turn you off from playing the game? So it's a balance. It's like, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Usually, my experience is with playing games. I usually would skip the tutorial. Yeah, I usually skip. I don't care. Yeah, I like to learn how to play the game as it is. I don't worry. I don't worry too much about um, whether or not at the beginning of the game they just. You know, just simplify it until all the mechanics get taught to me throughout some sort of weird um, tutorial like in Burgos Bounty. What I really hate is like, because um, the other thing I was thinking about doing, which was a lot of work, is like, okay, your first combat, we're going to teach you how to play. And it's like, if we keep pausing, it's like, okay, the action indicator meter is moving up. And I'm going to like draw an arrow to it and say, this, when this hits this spot, this means your turn is ready. Um, and then when that happens, like, okay, now choose attack. And it's the only option in the menu you can pick. And then you have to go and attack. Like, it's I in the way, right? Yeah, it's in the way. Like, I, I there's, there's no, there's no difference between you doing that and you having to figure it out yourself. Yeah. So I would rather just like, and this isn't the first time someone's complained about the tutorial and it won't be the last. They complained about it because I, I was already doing that too many games. And a few people complained about it. And I basically said, 
you can skip it. I understand what you're saying, but it's it's there so you know that's there so you can learn how to play. Like that is, that's what I'm going for. It's like, you know, it's there. Read it if you want. Don't, I don't care. I don't know. What's your take? Well, my take is I don't want anything at the beginning to, I, I guess, obscure my, my experience just because I have to read a lot of stuff. Like yeah, for like like I said, my personal thing is I just want to get into it, and then if it if I struggle to learn it, then I struggle to learn it. But that's okay. So would you rather for someone us, like me? I guess would you rather us um, go back and remove the tutorial cutscenes and just say new tutorials available? Go look for them in the menu. I don't even know if I would even put that. I think we just say it once that. There's going to be tutorials in the menu. This will get updated, and then that be that. It's either that, or you know, I don't need a big text box to tell me that. I I don't mind that it's like a little thing in the corner that says "Hey, tutorial tutorials available." It stays up for like two seconds. And then What's that's the it. compromise that you would accept? When for a lot of JRPGs, this is common practice. Which is what. But it's common practice. The fact that you just say that there's the tutorials. Massive, no, the massive tutorial boxes, what we're doing now is common practice. I'm copying what other AAA titles do. That's why I did it. Mm. Well, I don't know. It's there. Uh, I, would, I would prefer the most least intrusive thing. But if that's what people are used to, then that's what people are used to. Right? Well, I don't think anyone ever likes tutorials. Let, let's just be honest there. Um, so do we just not, not care and just like, okay, you don't like tutorials. I don't care. You don't like tutorials. You know that you're there. Play the game. Do you enjoy the game? Yeah. We don't necessarily have to do something just because someone complains. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Let's think about that one some more. I'm going to leave it. I'm going to do leave the current approach as is, I think. Yeah, I think we have bigger fish to fry at this at this point. Yeah, okay. So the complaint about not being able to rebind controls. Um, fair complaints. I don't know if we're gonna do anything about that, but um the first prisoner I see is implied to be a pedophile, so I'm marking this inappropriate. <laughs> Didn't like that joke. Okay, well maybe well inappropriate, yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean bad. Yeah, but he's, he flagged it as inappropriate for to show on the uh, Magpis floor, but apparently didn't disqualify us. Um, so overall, it's very rough design-wise. Lots of pixel art of varying size that doesn't mesh well. So here's here's the first complaint we got about the about the art style. So we with Kids of Carando does have assets of different resolutions in it. The characters are a different resolution from the overworld environment art, which is actually a different resolution uh, from the combat backgrounds. And we also do a lot of scaling for like um, dialogue and also the victory stances in combat. And for me personally, I really like it. It was done very intentionally. It may not be for everyone, but I, it, I, uh, I like I enjoy. it too. But um... Do, do we necessarily know that that's what they meant about it? I mean, I don't have enough information. That's yeah. what I'm speculating. 
like I don't know, the, the the victory stuff. I I like I love that. I love it uh, too. Like that was probably one of like one of the things that I felt was like it's it's it has a an element of flash to it. Yeah. That I've I didn't even com- that I didn't about I, it, so. I didn't even expect it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Good job. Thank you, Gary. Yeah. Okay, so reviewer number four. Um, <clears throat> unevil pixel scaling would cause pixel shimmering when scrolling the screen in any direction. Granulating battle system is great. I enjoy the bar-like system a lot over a turn-based or active time battle from earlier Final Fantasy games. So unevil pixel scale. I know the shimmering he's talking about, but that likely has to do with the fact that he has a second monitor and the refresh rate between the two screens are misaligned because uh, I've noticed this. I, I, I see it. Um, I, I, I haven't. I, I know it's an issue. I got to figure out how to fix it. Um, but I, I, it's not because of uh, pixel scaling. It has everything to do with refresh rate on the monitors. And yeah, uh, it, I, I, we call that a bug. It's just, I'll add to the backlog. Reviewer number, what did I say? Five now? Um, I played this last time and either made it further or you've added a lot more since. It looks great. Thank you. Unless I'm doing something wrong, magic seems like the only way to attack outside of combos. So do you remember at MagFest, for whatever reason, people would always unequip their weapons? Oh, yeah. Why does that happen? I don't know. Maybe just... They're, they were in the menus playing around, I guess. They just yeah, up, and they equipping just... it. And, yeah. So we might need to look at that because that's obviously what this person did if they couldn't attack. Yeah. Um, what else? Okay, so he looks like he found... I was escaping with Eamon in the tunnels and had a lock on me. He made it pretty far. That's... Uh, uh, fire he, made spell it, he made it way a, past the squid, yeah. yeah. was about to cast as it became the other dude's turn to pick an attack and the UI was gone. I had it in the mode that stops to let me pick the move. I tried a bunch of keys and ended up killing the process. So I thought, now I think this had to do with um, disabling active time battle and making it turn-based strictly, which is why we took this out of the game because it was adding too many bugs. so I think that's 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 part of it. First of all, the other thing I want to call out is no one was supposed to be able to play past Pandaka. The build on Steam right now, it's just supposed to be the demo, does not have the demo flag turned on. They were all the, they were able to play everything as, as bug filled and as unpolished as it, it was at the time um, after um, uh, too many games. So last summer. So wow. that was not intentional. <laughs> you weren't even supposed to have aiming in your party, but okay, it is what it is. So I think that bug has been fixed since then. Like, and I think it's because we disabled that type of combat. Um, but other than that, this that person seems to have liked it. Um, okay, so next up, I had a rough time with the controls, both on controller and keyboard, and a proximity system in combat had me missing on almost every first round. So as a as a bit frustrated. Overall, an RPG with toilet humor, not everyone's cup of tea. So that that complaint about having to run up before you and, and missing on your first attack. Uh, I saw I heard it Adam. I heard a play NYC. 
Um, so what I think I need to do is rebalance the combat in Pandaka so the enemies all start up front. So you can hit them with the first move without having to run up uh, and take two turns. Just so, just until we ease them into learning that there's formations in combat. And I think we need to introduce that part of the tutorial system. Well, we haven't introduced it at all yet. Like I don't have it in the game yet. Um, but I think that's what that's about. And, and that's fair feedback. So does that kind of veer away from us just letting the player figure it out? Yep, it does, because that person clearly didn't figure it out. Yeah, I'm sure if they played long enough, they eventually would. I have no idea how long this person played. Yeah. Next one. Uh, so this is review number seven, looks like. Uh, game looks to go for some kind of flavor of Stick of Destiny slash Borderlands with the art and tone, which kind of landed, but it's honestly a really tough line to toe and managed to be entertaining and not just bad. 30 minutes I played, it was a combo of cringe and some chuckles. So uh, the humor was kind of yes and no for him. I want to love the art. Some of it's beautiful, but I think some of the assets are either still in development or just didn't get enough love. So that's subjective. I, I would love to hear more about what he's talking about there. Um, game outside of combat could use some additional visual clarity. So again, what does that mean? Uh, some audio assets, combat victory, for example, appear to be missing. And now I never want to do combat victory. Do you want to do combat victory music? Uh, I think the best compromise is to do maybe some victory chimes of some sort, but not necessarily a, a track. Does that make sense? Like you win, yeah. you'll make some pleasant noise, very similar to you winning a slot machine type thing. But I, I don't think it's appropriate to do another track. Yeah, I don't think it's appropriate either. I because I love keeping a combat tune on there when we do the victory and we got like the close-ups with the like line yeah. scrolling back. I think I think I think you know some sound effects or, or chimes uh probably be the the appropriate thing to do. So what do you think? Yeah, do I mean, come up with something nice and quick. Like yeah, like not like in, quick in terms of like short. Yeah, maybe a tongue wagging noise or something. <laughs> a what? Sorry, nothing. All right, Carrie, you're dirty. Um, yeah, I know. Okay, gameplay could be a fun pseudo Tales of Symphonia homage, but didn't <clears throat> seem to be incredibly well balanced for interesting challenges. Overall, I want to like it more, but it's certainly not bad. So, I comment on the balancing of combat. Well, I, I the game is not done. Like I, the this, it seriously needs to be rebalanced. I've known that for a while. It's just not high on the priority list. It'll get done. Um. So this is the, before we read the novel, uh, this is the last review. And this one actually was the second longest. So I did encounter a significant issue that I described for the dev below, but it was over half an hour in and not everyone will do what I did. So I'm not sure how much it will affect the performance at MIVS being the uh, MEGFest independent video game showcase. Uh, the graphical style is a bit strange, kind of like it can't decide between HD and pixel art. So it's a weird blend of the two. So this is, we've had two comments about the art so far, but it doesn't bother me much. I feel like the swear words are unnecessary, but beyond that, I mostly enjoy the dialogue. Okay, let's stop there. So let's talk about dialogue and should we swear stop, words. Should I remove them? Should we, should we also do what other TV shows have done and 
made our own make our own swear words. Oh, that's an interesting. I thought about it because yeah. the swear words bother Gerald too. So did they did, did, did feel like there was too much and that they were just swearing well, some, just sometimes I think the swear words just make it seem more human. So with the like what I'm going for when I wrote for this or when I am writing for this, it's what do college kids, how do college kids behave? What do they do? Between the ages of 18 and 22, 23, you know, we're kind of immature. When we're hanging out with our friends, we're very close with them. And we're, you know, shooting the shit, shooting the breeze. And, uh, you know, kind of being immature, but also it's supposed to be, like, fun. And, yeah, you're going you're gonna to curse. I, that's really what I was going for with this. It was supposed to be that kind of camaraderie that you had when you were in university slash college. All right, it's, I think it makes sense in that regard, but I think if you if you insert it too much, um, like that's like let's say if it's every second word, it, I think like as as an audience, it might be off it might be off putting. So I think if if we're gonna do it, that we gotta do it somewhat tastefully in that regard. But it's something that I actually never even thought about. I've had people, but other other people are thinking about it. So I guess I, I've that's had a, people. This isn't the first time I've I've heard complaints about about the swearing in the game. Now, is it necessarily just between certain characters? Well, or like, are you? What it is, it's like how would I respond in some of these situations? Am I gonna, you know, not swear when, when something bad is going on? Um, and that is, that is sort of what I was, that, that's where my mind was as well. It's like, yeah, it's not, some, it's not necessarily something that I want to change just yet. I think the next, like when, when I play the game the next few times, it, it will be something a little bit more mindful of that I wasn't previously, if, if that makes sense. Like, I, I think, I think like when I play this game, I have to you know, maybe not think about certain things and focus on elements like that. And then there's going to be sometimes I'm going to play a game where I have to maybe ignore that and focus on other things. And I think that's just the reality uh, of, I, I guess, when we're playing through this game that we're going to have to try to look at certain domains more than others during certain playthroughs. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's 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 tough to do, right? Because I think like, because um, when I usually when I'm playing a game, I'm looking for bugs. Yeah, I mean, I'm playing through as I said, Xenoblade Chronicles three right now, <clears throat> and there's swears in that game. Like they don't drop the f bomb, but um, they do. I'm pretty sure shit was used in it, and just other. But I don't think the f bomb was ever dropped. Uh, I mean, that's something we do use in Carindale, so. Yeah, uh, something to think about. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we do, um, you know, invent their own cussing language, and then that would soften it up for the audience, but still. Get the uh, message across. But still, you know, stay true to who, like who the a, characters are, right? So Make it like a Battlestar Galactica, but, you know, the, re like, it's been yeah. like almost 20 years since. At, that at, at the same time, though, I don't, I don't know if that necessarily lands well. 
either, right? Some so, people love it, some people hate it. Yeah. Like, you're, we're never going to get everyone on board with yeah. it. So it's going to be like, if they don't like it, they'll ignore it. Mm -hmm. So the next thing this person says, the music is pretty good. Great. Did they say that? Okay. They said the music is pretty good. So then, then he says, uh, or they said, I don't know who it was, but I enjoyed the game. I enjoyed the time that I spent with this game. It's a bit rough around the edges, but I would imagine creating an RPG is just a mind-blowing <laughs> amount of work. So I don't envy the developer. Um, I mean, it's not done. There is still some polished stuff that needs to be done. And actually, the build that they played is is quite a bit different from the build that exists today. So notes for Dev. After escaping the prison and regaining control in the second area, sorry, I don't remember the name, outside Pendak, I went to the right instead of left uh, as, no, there, there was nothing intended there and wound up on the overworld. I could get back, I could get back in the prison, but I was unable to return to the second area. So there is this um, brief area outside of Pendak when your storm drain exit that you can't get back to if you leave. And he's complaining he can't get back to the area. He missed two treasure chests. Uh, there was nothing of importance in that treasure chest. I don't think I want to change this, but um, it, it's a reasonable complaint for someone who might be a completionist and, and get irritated by the fact that they missed that. Um, I don't know, some for us to think about. I'm not going to act on it now. The difficulty of the prison boss is significantly more difficult by orders of magnitude than all the other encounters in the prison. A 25% nerf on its HP and damage would help considerably. Yes, it is difficult. I probably need to bring it down just a smidge because I it, it's intended to be hard, but it might be a little bit too hard. But again, that comes in the whole balancing stuff we need to fix. Um, have you thought about renaming the game simply Karendow? The title might be a little bit more memorable that way. No, not doing that. Um, all right, you ready for the last one? Oh, I need to pee first. All right, I'm going to pause recording then. Yeah, we can keep the pee comment in there, though. Okay, Gary, are you ready for this? Yeah, I think uh, we did talk about it. Um, but before we kind of get into it, uh, I just want, I guess, everybody to know that I'm not, I'm not here to spite anyone. Um, and I'm not necessarily here to feel spited against. So. Um, I hope that you feel the same, Blair, but if not, you know, really, we can definitely talk about it and, um, yeah. I think, um, actually to that, to that, to that point, um, so Gary, you and I, and any artist or any game dev or any creator of any sort, um, puts a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of themselves into what they're making. And um, constructive criticism is absolutely useful. Uh, the delivery of said criticism uh, can vary. And sometimes, or maybe even most times, it hurts. And I know a lot of people who, um, who, who receive criticism and it doesn't matter if the product is great or if, if the product needs work. Uh, it, and I know this is true of people at Gumbo. It can kind of send them spiraling. 
And the feedback from MAGFest for the first time in four and a half years working on this game, um, as you may recall, I was ready to quit. Like I, I said, should we just quit? And not that I don't, I don't think I actually am capable of that, but it was the first time those words ever left my mouth. And reading this was really difficult and hit me in a way that I don't think in the last several years of us doing games together that I've been hit before. Certainly not with Burgle's Bounty and certainly not Carindale up until now. Um, and I have more color to add to this from, I guess you call it follow on based off the feedback I received from MagFest from people from Gumbo, um, <clears throat> which I received last night. And that kind of started me spiraling again. And I'll talk about that after we go through the feedback here. Um, Anyone who's a creator can relate to this. Anyone who plays indie games and are interested in the creative process, just know your words carry weight. The artists are always listening. They probably listen to the negative feedback more than they listen to the positive feedback. And we feel it. We truly feel it. We're listening, but when we want the constructive feedback, but Please remember we're human and we put a lot of sweat, blood, and tears into this too. So be kind. How's that, Gary? I think it was well said. Um, not to kind of be the devil's advocate here, but you got to also remember that they're human too and that they their intention may not necessarily be to want to spite us I, I don't necessarily it comes with the kindness aspect it's um it's about delivery they i don't think they intend to um it, it's a construct it it has to be handled gingerly yeah I, I i get it um i'm just saying that coming from a place where i don't necessarily know if i deliver stuff that well sometimes either so it's gotten me in trouble in the past so yeah, I'm sure we've all screwed up at some point in our lives yeah. when it comes to delivering. So that's why I wanted to do my preface before getting into this. All right, here we go. After about an hour of play, Kids of Carindau feels quite like a complete game. Its key art, menu, <clears throat> and music in particular sets me up to expect a fairly polished indie title. To that end, it's easy to say that it's ready for the show as far as demonstrability is concerned. That said, I walk away with negative feelings about the game's quality in general. I have provided some constructive criticism that will hopefully be of use to the game's creators. It has some interesting design choices in terms of the combat system, but not all these choices work well together. <clears throat> At the start of the game, you're given a lot of options uh, for how you want the combat to play out. In some sense, I feel the problem of what is most fun is left to me to decide, rather than the designer of the game figuring that out. For example, the inclusion of battlefield positioning is very cool, and I like action turn-based combat, 
Unfortunately, using the combat menu to pick from different combat actions is slow. Pausing right there. That's been fixed. Moving on. It is usually most efficient just to pick attack since you'll waste uh, less of your turn time to do the default action. Each time I want to do something more interesting, I feel punished for using the slow menus to navigate to them. Again, fixed. This is especially true if my choice is to, is to move something that automatically occurs if I queue up a melee attack right away. So this has been something you and I have talked about for a while and we've observed and, and we weren't sure what to do with it. What do we do with the move action um, in the game? It's a carryover from the original Kids of Carindale. Uh, it was it was all um, about giving yourself buffs and debuffs based on your positioning on the play field. And the same is true in this version of the game. Uh, what we've done now is what, what I've done is I've actually removed the move option entirely. You now um, have the choice to defend. Uh, defend used to be an option as well. Now defend will allow you to move around the play field and uh, it automatically then just goes into the defend action. So I've combined those two options. And I think that's a, an appropriate compromise and gets us out of this box where people want to move and then attack. Because I've observed that a lot when people have been playing the game. So is this kind of taking the game in a direction where um, instead of moving to strategic spots, I guess, on the, on the battle board, that you basically are just you know, kind of choosing some sort of formation to use. Um, you still have the formation option, but mm -hmm. with defend, you can move to a strategic spot on the board. And it's actually good because the move option prior, like the move option would give you the, um, oh, sorry, the defend option would only knock you back halfway on the action meter. Um, the move option before would knock you all the way back. But in this case, I, I kept that for the move and defend. So you only get move, you only get knocked back halfway. So if you move, it gives you a bit of a bonus. You're first of all, you're defending, which gives you a, a defense buff. Um, and it also lets you actually act again sooner. So it's it's been an adjustment to the gameplay that I think is beneficial. Um, we'll see, I'm sure we'll see more at Magfest. But that is something. Yeah. So, so yeah. So basically, you re you remove the move, yeah. but your defend is kind of a move, but only backwards. Well, it lets you move and defend, so you can move anywhere in your movement circle. Because um, for people who haven't played the game, uh, every character has a move um, uh, status uh, um, property, and that, that dictates how far on the battlefield you can move in any turn, and then. Um, uh, after you move to that location, you immediately engage in a defensive posture, which gives you a defense buff. Oh, okay. And in addition to that, um, it takes half the time that normally would for you to be able to act again in combat. So it's actually somewhat benefit. It's quite beneficial, and it can be used I, uh, strategically. I think I always like um, simplification, especially if. That there was either not a need for it to be super um, convoluted uh, un unless there was like a benefit to it. 
if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like for, 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 for me personally, I, I never used the move when I played. Most people, some people do, some people don't. Like I've watched both. So yeah. I just removed it from the menu altogether. Yeah. But it's just because if, if I wanted to, I guess, attack someone, I'm just going to attack them. And then like my character moves automatically towards them, right? Yeah. Um, and originally, if I, when we first built it up, that wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, you actually had to move in. And mm-hmm. then I just removed that and made it so you'd automatically move and it would just cancel your turn if you were out of range. Okay, so, um, okay. Um, all right, so I do have the choice to turn off action turn-based combat so I can just focus on picking the most effective tactics, but then the pace of combat ceases to matter as an element of, exci- of the excitement. Well, actually, you no longer have that choice anymore. So that's also an irrelevant comment anymore. I do expect the game designer to confront and resolve these conflicts of priority and enjoyment rather than just handing it to me as the player to prioritize what I find most fun. Well, now that comment is... uh, Is that the one that hits you the most? I um, feel it's subjective. So, especially in RPG. So, it is extremely common for games in this day and age to let characters to let players pick whether or not they even want to fight combat to pick the difficulty level of said combat and our game until we removed it because of all the extra issues we had to deal with was the first game that also allowed you to pick between turn-based and action time battle systems and i i'm still disappointed that we decided to remove it but it was the right choice with respect to game engine stability primarily that's the one reason i removed it uh, the main reason i removed it because i didn't know what issues like we we it introduced a crap ton of bugs and we decided that it wasn't worth keeping uh, because of that but um i wanted to keep it because i wanted players to have the option to enjoy the game that they want to enjoy and i don't think it's fairly standard right now for you to be able to make combat super easy in RPGs or not have it all together. This is an evolution of those options, and unfortunately, it's not on the table anymore. This person's comments, I think, are subjective, their own opinion, and are they don't have the right to tell us how to make our game in that respect. I guess one thing that needs to be said is that, yes, it is their opinion. They weren't necessarily telling us how to do it. No, he, he literally said, I expect, his words, I do expect the game designer to confront and resolve these conflicts of mm. priority and enjoyment. Okay. Rather Maybe than I read that wrong then. Handing it to me as the player to prioritize what I find most fun. So that, that's interesting because that is standard now in every RPG to allow you to pick the difficulty and even if you want the combat on or off. And Kids of Carindale lets you do all of that. And we did remove the turn-based combat, unfortunately. But again, I wasn't happy about doing that. Um, so this next sentence paragraph from him is uh, it carries on from that. First of all, did you have anything else to add? 
no, I'm just actually quite uh, intrigued that like I read stuff very differently than you in, in a sense that um, I tend to like skip out on a lot of those, those things. Like Man, I, I in, in read term- this like, I read yeah. this like 15 times now. So um, <laughs> uh, anyway, it is popular among game fandoms for casual players to make suggestions with the comment, just make it an option whenever there are design drawbacks. That may seem fine to some, but this is the approach Kids of Canada has taken, and I'm left as a player not understanding at all what the intended combat experience is, and what I played was a mixture of either too simple or frustratingly slow in the menus. I strongly recommend the developers of Kids of Carindau select some defaults that they believe in, which actually there are default values that were set, but they just had to pick. Um, and closely tune the game to make sure those feel great and always play as intended. And then allow people who want to deviate from the default to do that on their own. Uh, That's literally what we do, knowing that they're playing the game in a fashion that was not tuned. As it stands, it doesn't feel tuned to any particular experience. Now, um, subjective and like I fully acknowledge that the combat does need tuning in general and rebalancing like it's not done I mean that's why it's still in development but um anyway this person seems to have strong opinions which I don't agree with thoughts I'm still kind of intrigued that I think like it, it kind of feels to me like you when you read it it's very different than the way i read it if that makes sense tell me more i don't know um let's let's go back to that one statement that, that we were kind of hung up on it's like when he said that he was expecting something yeah i do expect the game designer to confront the, the, does that does that sound like a demand to you yeah because it didn't to me when i was reading it it just kind of sounded like ah oh, this is kind of what i expect in, in terms of like, it wasn't a demand, but more of like, just a thing that was kind of within his own paradigm, I guess. Well, he expects, so, he expects yeah, so, the experience to align to what he wants, not to what we want to give. Yeah, okay. Is that necessarily a, a bad thing for someone to want something? Like, we I don't think- necessarily have to change anything here. Well, what I think here is this person doesn't like what we did with the game. And it's it's fair mm-hmm. that he doesn't like it. But he wrote a novel telling us why he doesn't like it. So because he did that, do you feel like he was trying to spite us in any way? I, um, I think his tone should be softened. Okay, so what, what we're saying is that he could have wrote it differently in the way that, that yeah, that's fine. And, and realize I, I, that I, maybe, I guess maybe he doesn't agree with the experience, and that's fine. Like I don't have a problem with him disagreeing yeah. with it. But telling me to change the game is something but I do tone, disagree with. Tone is, I guess, in itself sub- sub- subjective. I mean, that's just it. I mean, this you're right. I mean, he might have 
Man, like I never I never got the feeling that he was sitting there as like, oh, I'm gonna like just like brutalize this game that I played. Um I never got I got I got I never got that feeling, but it, it could just be me. Right? Is, so because then he is listing a series of grievances. Like that is what this is, a list of grievances. Mm-hmm. Um and especially in the wording, like. So literally the very next paragraph starts with next regarding the level design. At first I was happy with how much open exploration there was and the generosity of the rewards you could earn for exploring. That is what I was intended. However, the layout of the levels was often confusing. I, I see this is subjective. I need to know what he was talking about. The presence of unopenable chests goaded me into frustrated, fruitlessly exploring for their keys, which I must assume only become available later, which felt like quite a waste of time. Again, standard RPG thing. There are tons and tons and tons of games that have things that are shown to you extremely early on that you can't do. But you come back later, assuming you want to do 100% and complete the game. You don't have to. Hey, keep going. All right. Most top 10 <clears throat> games use screen orientation to help communicate the direction the player is supposed to go, the sense of progressing onward or going back, uh, combined with items of interest, lighting, etc., to help draw the player towards the intended path or to hint at secrets. Uh, I, the only thing that I can think here is um, of the issue where he enters Poogle and the camera is completely centered and a lot of people would walk out of Poogle. That has also been fixed. Um, we uh, The intended path stuff? Uh, we do a pretty good job of that, in my humble opinion. I don't know. I don't know what he's played, so I don't know what he's specifically talking about. Um, for for me, I I don't think there's a whole lot of pathing stuff uh, about the maps that bother bothers me. I think it's pretty standard in terms of things that I've played in the past. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe I guess mo- maybe modern games are a little bit more linear in that sense. But I like the idea of, ex- of uh, exploring. And if I run into a wall and there's nothing there, well, too bad for me. Um, I always like the, the allure of maybe finding something cool. As do I. <coughs> and the game does actually put the star on the map to tell you where you need to go if you really want to. So there is that. In Kids of Carindale, I often felt like I was exploring at random and it was very difficult to determine if I was on the right path which often led to the tedious backtracking and worst cases, the overworld can send you into a space where going any number of directions may result in exiting the location. Uh, so that's kind of weird because you can't exit the overworld. So he's probably talking about exploring Poogle um, and returning to the overworld. Okay, so that was probably a poorly worded sentence on his part. Um, no visual indi- indicators <clears throat> existed for where the player would be leaving the area and the layout of the area itself didn't communicate where where would lead to further exploration. To summarize, locations are functional, but don't feel like they've been designed with the intent 
or flow that makes each level feel engaging. Reapproaching the level's designs with a perspective that prioritizes a good flow through it would dramatically improve the exploration experience for people. <coughs> so, Sorry. I didn't mean to be coughing over your okay? sense there. Yeah, just. So the last sense, reapproaching level's designs with a perspective that prioritizes good flow through it would dramatically improve the exploration experience for players. So I feel like the only thing he's really talking about here is the fact that we that the camera always centers around the player and it's not clear when you're in the exit location. That's been fixed. That was a complaint that I've known about for a while and I finally prioritized fixing it. So that part could be just a carryover from complaints from old build. Um, but the way he words this makes it seem like the levels, the areas are horribly designed. At least that's how I interpret it. That's uh, the essay idea of reading a bunch of text is that we don't really know what their intention of what they want to say is. <clears throat> so next I must comment on the game's tone and writing. <coughs> I need some water. Next, it was comment in the game's tone and writing. And here is where I think that maybe we do need to make a change in the way we talk about the game. It describes itself as Final Fantasy with toilet humor. I think we need to stop describing the game like that. I think we need to just change that entirely. So um, do you think it's that had to do with the way that our own, kind of the way we ran the game? Is that Yeah, how I think it, it does because we are thinking of Kids of Carindale of 1998 through 2000 when we made this when we were 15 years old. Mm -hmm. um, we are now 40 years old and I'm trying to remake a game from our childhood. Um, I don't think this game has a lot of toilet humor. I mean, there's some, but I think it just has humor. Uh, I would like to brand this kind of as Seth MacFarlane style humor. Because I think that's more what it is. Like, I think the thing that if you want to compare it to another um, TV series, uh, it most aligns itself with the Orville, which has some pretty serious storylines, but with just characters who, you know, are kind of funny, like <clears throat> not funny characters, but they crack jokes and their personalities. <clears throat> now I'm coughing too, um, shine through with their humor. Um, so yeah, but I think I think it's really all about how we portray these characters, right? We can't portray them as purely goofballs, and we don't. And I, I think, like, you know, they played a devil. They didn't really get a chance to get deep into who these yeah. characters are, right? Yeah. And is that that kind of made me wonder? Um, did we? Should we be revealing it at least a little bit more earlier on in the game? I like how like <clears throat> I my 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 gut reaction to that is no, no, you you, you can't you build these things up over time. You, mm -hmm. you don't you don't you don't can't give them everything at once because that just makes it uninteresting. Yeah, and I guess when I say that, like I don't mean everything at once. Maybe just small glimpses so he carries on by saying 
was like, well, I was sorry, cancel. There are small glimpses very early on in Pandaka Prison when Elmo and Tally are talking about Antonay. Yeah, yeah. And their concern over her safety and what happened. Like, and yeah, that's that's what I got out of it. That was yeah, like if you, if you put if you put that whole escape from Pandaka sequence in that context, I think it's all there. Maybe he so was just too. talking. Maybe he was just talking about just that the the initial shock of introducing their characters. They just kind of seem to be like goofballs. Well, he let and, and you know, like maybe may, may, uh, seen more than that. But I don't maybe know. maybe that's okay. You know, the way we did it, it was just something that I never thought about until he said something. Let's circle back to that because I want to talk about what happened last night at Gumbo. Um, but let's let's get through this, and I'll, uh, we, we've got three paragraphs left here. So he continues as a fan of Ren and Stimpy, interesting, and Conquer's Bad Fur Day. I've never played Conquer's Bad Fur Day. I'm on board with some toilet humor, on board for some toilet humor, uh, but mixed with an epic traditional JRPG style story, it just feels totally in conflict with itself. I don't know how he can say this when he's barely played the game. Our main character's first three lines of dialogue all include some degree of swearing, which is quite an edgelord introduction, and being a naughty teen, he's not a teen, seems like the only personality he has to offer. But unlike Ren and Stimpy or Conker's Bad Fur Day, there really aren't any jokes. Use the word poo and swears. So it's potty words more than potty humor. Um, okay. I, I'm not going to say anything nice to this person about that statement. The game breaks the fourth wall on occasion humorously, but this contradicts my interest in investing in the stakes of the epic story. Wait. He's played this game for an hour. Where does it break the fourth wall? I do so very subtly at one place in the story, very subtly. Otherwise, the only thing that could potentially be considered fourth wall breaking would be the item descriptions in the uh, in the menu. <coughs> okay, so in okay, but it the contradicts my interest in investing in the stakes of the quote unquote epic story which is already hard to do since the main character is rather unlikable. Okay. Uh, the clash between epic fantasy and preteen swearing and poop words just doesn't mix well with uh, the writing that's included. I believe a balance here is possible, but it needs work to get there and resolving the two is a sophisticated challenge that most writers don't attempt unless they're very skilled and understand that marriage well. Okay, Do fair, you... but at this, at this, at the same time, though, like uh, when okay, you okay. only get when you only play, you know, like a chunk of the game, you're gonna need time to develop that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's you know what I'm like. I have nothing nice to say about this, and I'm gonna be very mean if I open my mouth about this because that pisses me off. That's not fair. 
but you know he got what he this person got what they they got and that's what they got to play so i know that they're making their comments within that realm he's wrong or they she's wrong whoever this person is they're wrong um but anyway uh moving along lastly i have to call out the amateur quality of the game's pixel art while some indies pull off an amateur style as part of their identity seen as such as uh, been there a uh, been there damn that i don't know what that game is uh, it can function because other elements of the game are so good the fact the game looks bad is in some way part of the game subverting expectations and being good despite its appearance but unfortunately kids of Carando doesn't have a high quality pillar to carry it other than it seems like a lot of well fleshed out content and some interesting battle system ideas, and somewhat tragically. I do see that there has been a lot of time and effort spent in making lots of animations and effort for things, rather than being deliberately low effort in order to allow other aspects of the game to shine. It looks more like somebody without the skills needed was really doing their best and did a lot of work, and it just unfortunately doesn't look very good. The lo-fi aesthetic also clashes with the high-quality samples of the music. Rather than the game embracing either a hi-fi or lo-fi retro feel and doing one or the other well, it didn't feel so out if it didn't feel so out of place. With the rest of the game's aesthetic, the music would be a high point of Kids of Karen now. Well, there you go, Gary. You got more compliments than the music, but that was one of those backhanded compliments that people like to give when you're also insulting your, your product at the same time. So, comments? Well, yeah, that last one was uh, quite brutal. <clears throat> hard, to, hard to listen to. How do you um, find constructive criticism out of that? There's nothing there that I can do anything with. Well, let's, uh, let's circle back. Why do you think he said it? He didn't like it. That's why. Okay. And that's okay if they don't. I mean, that's fine. But just like... <laughs> why would someone... Why would a Megpez judge... If they didn't like the game, put so much effort in telling us why they don't like the game. I don't know. They either were actually trying to be constructive or got a little insulting towards the end. Yeah. Or they were spiting. I don't know. It's yeah, like one more paragraph. These, these are these are the type of things where like I don't have a definitive answer for. I don't know this person. So I can't make judgments either way. I will take from his or her's comments um, what, what I can, and I discard the rest. All right. And then, um, I, and then, I, and then I move on, right? Because, like, on, honestly, Blair, what, what you've created is actually, in my opinion, really good. And I never thought that you were really that far off. I appreciate that, Gary. Right. 
Um, I never thought that this game was like, oh man, you, this it's like, it's not definitely not in a place where you like you need to quit. You know, especially through a few negative comments, right? It doesn't mean that this thing that you created is bad in any way. You know, you, you, um, so I actually want to, I'm going to circle back to that. Let, let's finish this last paragraph. And then I actually want to talk about what you just said there. Because then I also want to talk about, again, gumbo from last night. Uh, so his last paragraph, their last paragraph says, I understand this kind of feedback can be very discouraging if you're trying your best, but I recommend focusing on your strengths. The game has a lot of potential in a lot of places, and it just needs focus to make sure more of it lands and doesn't feel slapdash all around. I hope this feedback is useful. It's possible that there is a new kind of audience that I'm that I am out of touch with, but as an industry professional, my opinion is that the game doesn't meet the modern expectations of indie game lovers, and its time on the show floor would likely be met with discouraging reception. Ironically enough, we were already on the show floor with a worse version of this game last year. Anyway, um, so this person didn't like the game. His feedback, there were aspects of constructive criticism in it, but a lot of it was just him telling us where it fails, in his opinion, or their opinion, sorry, their opinion. I assume it's a man, but I, I could be, probably could be, any, could be anyone, any gender. Um, now anyway, back See, that's the thing, like, I, I don't, I don't feel like this person actually completely hated the game it could it could like to me it's it could have sounded a lot worse well elaborate i don't know like why why like their last few sentences just kind of said hey like i don't think you're extremely this isn't an extremely bad game okay let's let's read it again well what were his last few comments the last sentence, the last paragraph? Yeah. Okay. Again, I understand this kind of feedback can be very discouraging. Yeah. So like why would they why would they say something like that? Um they 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 at least had some sort of you know uh, um self-awareness that they were harshing on the game in their last paragraph, in my opinion. Yeah. So someone that was actually trying to spite you wouldn't say stuff like that. But not a lot of it was constructive or useful. Okay. That's the problem. It's it, it doesn't provide enough information. It um it's highly um opinion-based. It's it's um and, and everyone has opinions and it's yeah, and I, I, I think we should take from that what it is in, in a sense that, hey, these are kind of things that some people will look at. And whether or not we choose to care about it is kind of on a different thing, right? But I, I don't think it needs to be um, a place where um, you should judge your own game that harshly to a point where you want to quit. 
Yeah, we talked about that in a minute. But the last sense, it's possible that there is a new kind of audience out there that I'm out of touch with. I think there is an audience out there. I don't know who this person is. They claim he's an industry professional, but they claim they're an industry professional. But what is that? Is he social media? Does he? Does he? Does yeah, he who knows? I, I, I don't think I would hang hang on hang on that too much, right? Yep. Anyway. So, Gary, now you talked to me off the edge here when, because I believe, I think it, it was like Monday or Tuesday night of, of the week we got this feedback. I, I was reading it before I went to bed and I was messaging you. Uh, and I think I just said, should we just quit? And then I went to bed. I was just really upset and I just, <clears throat> went to bed and um, the morning when I woke up you you said this game is good and you've done a good job or I can't remember exactly what you said but you said we definitely should not quit and do you remember when we were at too many games and we were sitting at the bar we just got off the train we need dinner we went out and found food and I asked you outright to say something nice about the game because <laughs> I had felt like you had spent basically all the time we were together criticizing things. Well, That's the first Claire, fucking time see, you said the, something good. No, no. I say good stuff about the game all the time. You just choose to only remember the bad times, the bad things I've said. I don't know about that. Oh, I, okay. I 100% I, know. I say good stuff about all the time. I, I I just think you're just ignoring that stuff. Well, I, I remember this and it stuck with me because I was at a very low point and you said what it, you said it at the right time. But you talked me that's back that's from like, I, I guess kind of the, the reality, man. Like I think I say good stuff about the game all the time. I am pretty sure that I've said, oh man, that's cool, that's cool. And and you're like yeah and then you know i say one thing i don't like and you're like Gary, you're a bitch and i'm like okay i you know, never call you up i'm putting words in your mouth on purpose because it's <laughs> funnier that way you know what i mean yeah yeah i, I know but really uh, like yes you know we're gonna get bad reviews here and there, but that does not mean anything well, it does not mean that this game is total garbage it's not well, here's the you have so much evidence of other people sitting down and playing this game for like an hour and a half. Yeah, that's true. And they're like, "Yeah, that was awesome, right?" So and they wanted to play the whole thing. It's like, is it done? You have to, uh, you have to remember to, to to take a tally of that too, because if you're always focusing on the negative, that's not healthy. I think it's human nature to focus yeah. on the negative. And you know, this particular reviewer also has said the same thing. Hey, you know what? You should focus on your strengths. Which also tells me that he knows <laughs> that we have strengths. There are but, good things uh, about this apparently game. Apparently, he doesn't like. I think it's a it's a communication thing, probably. It was. Some I, th of that I think. Was I think that's. Harsh. I, I I know, but. So, 
the other thing we have is the feedback I got um, from, I'm not going to call him up by name. I hope I didn't already on the podcast earlier, but if I did, I'll edit it out. Um, I believe you were telling me about this, that yeah. you were at the gumbo mixer. Yeah, I was at the gumbo mixer. Well, actually, this is before the gumbo mixer. So I was at gumbo yesterday, working on the game, hanging out with the gumbos. And a guy there that, you know, I, you've met him. Uh, you know him. I, 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 yeah, I really like this guy. Uh, he took me out before the mixer for like a birthday drink. And it probably was more than I should have drank before the mixer. Um, but also it wasn't just the alcohol. It would have been also what he said that kind of made me spiral a bit last night. Um, he agreed with what the reviewer said. Okay. especially with the graphics and I some of the comments he made is this game does not have a marketable art style um now there were things I wanted to respond to him with uh that weren't very nice choice words choice words I never said these I'm not going to say them now but um I I think there's a no, I'm going to leave. I'm not, if I say it, I'm going to edit it out. So I'm not going to bother saying it because it's not. You can, maybe you can tell me offline. I'll tell you offline. Yeah. And I'll leave the listeners wondering what I want to say. Um, but the resulting factor was that I went to the gumbo mixer after and drank way more than I should have and used the excuse for being my birthday. Now I didn't act horribly or anything but i did go around asking everyone at gumbo kids of karen that was an ugly game and because there's evidence of there's two comments from the feedback from from magfest the person who said that the game can't decide if it's gonna with the combination of resolutions and stuff if it's um if what it wants to be with respect to art there and it was the long paragraph guy who said lo-fi hi-fi whatever there's what this person from Gumbo said to me, and there's what Dean said on the podcast last year when we had him on. And he explicitly, now, I don't, was he calling Kids of Karen an ugly game? Kind of, yeah. But he said, is there a space for ugly games? But he called it ugly. I think so, there's always a space for ugly games. I play games that were ugly. But is Kids of Karen an ugly game? Now, when you were around talking to these people, were they able to clarify specifically things they didn't like? No, it was. I'm hard. trying to. I'm trying to figure out. You know, like, are there specific? It was incredibly like, subjective. Incredibly subjective. Like, Jonah told me that he liked it, and like, maybe he didn't really like our style of character artwork. It's like, okay, but I actually like that style. Um, and that's very subjective. It's like, so it's hard to know if there's anything actionable here. I guess tough. Like, uh, I think for me, I, I'm the same way. Like, I can tell you definitively that I think the character spites are the strongest thing in the game in terms of so too. what looks good. And I think the environment art is getting better. Like, I, I'm not saying 
like the earlier stuff is the most done. There is still polishing going on in the environments that go as we go along. Like I know that there's weaknesses yeah, so that if, needs, if, need to be addressed. Yeah. So if if you were gonna say that that you acknowledge that those weaknesses, you acknowledge that you still want to polish stuff, then why do all these other comments carry so much weight? Because I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Because first of all, like, is, is it kind of like one of those things that you're, let's say you're not feeling great because you don't know what they're talking about, that it could be something that you don't have a handle on. Yeah, is it something I don't know about? But what if it was? What if it is? If it's something core, I don't know core about. correlates to the exact same things that you feel need work, then, then they're in the backlog uh, already. They're yeah. going to get fixed. So, so why still the the negative feeling? So I think uh, I think there was a lot of um. May, maybe maybe you're just person, lacking. This confidence in your game. I mean, like I, for for me, I I don't lack confidence in you at all. Maybe I do have a lot of self doubt. Maybe that's all it was. And um, maybe there's so, no problem at all. And we'll never know. And I think there's an element to, you know, in terms of get, kind of getting through life. Um, uh, it's an emotional roller coaster that's caused. Yeah. It's four and a half I, years I, working on this game now. <laughs> four and a half years, and we probably have another four, maybe four and a half to go. Um, I hear this from entrepreneurs all the time that it's an emotional roller coaster. And like I was, so I was talking to Jonah today because he, he, like, I, I, I just felt like when I woke up this morning, like, yeah, I was a little hungover, but emotionally I was still a wreck after last night. And I, I just felt like shit all morning. Did Jonah go through this at some point in his everyone whole has. quest of Kung Fu kickball? Yep, he did. Sam's been going through with, with Skate Story. Um, I think it's okay for me to say that. And um, it's then he uh, he he said the wise words was that <clears throat> is that game development is incredibly depressing. And for him, what added insult to injury was actually I shouldn't say this, but actually no, I'll, I'll say it in a way that I, I probably can. Um, about Kung Fu Kickball is that um, it didn't meet his expectations in some ways. And I think keeping it vague like that, um, I, I can do. Um, and he's having a hard time knowing what kind of time commitment he should put in a future project. He wants to. Um, he he's got an idea for 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 a, a multi-year project like what kids at Carindale is, but he's scared a little bit because I mean 
Well, you've said it before. <clears throat> it isn't just time commitment and financial commitment. You're putting a lot of your, yourself into it too. And you're putting all those resources into this one thing. And of course, you don't want people to say negative things about it. Of course, you want it to be successful. You want people to, you know, talk about your game in some sort of meaningful way. Um, it, it, it's hard. And like, I see you going through that right now. It kind of breaks my heart a bit, but I am still very confident that you will pull through and that you will create something that, you know, we like and that we will find an audience for. Thank and you. sometimes, sometimes all you really need is a one encouraging word to break through all the paragraphs of stuff that isn't. You know, there would be nothing more satisfying. So I don't know if like Steam or, or, or any of the consoles <clears throat> like um, give out like, you know, record labels. If you sell like a million or whatever, they they, they would send the musician like, you know, the little plaque thing or whatever. Uh, I don't know if uh, they do that for games. I think they, they used to. I mean, for certain, in certain consoles or, or on Steam or something. But if they still do that, and if Karen Dow like sells 100,000 units even, like, because that's still, that's a lot and would make us a good chunk of change. Um, if we got one of those plaques or whatever, I would, I would hang it on the wall. You know what? I'd hang right next to it. I'd print out those fucking comments for MAGFest and frame it, hang it right next to it. Yeah. To me, that sounds kind of like spite. I don't like to be that person. It is a little spiteful. You know, you, yeah. uh, you got to do you, man. Um, just remember, you know, back in the day when we were just making this game the first time around in, in high school, we did get sort of plaques from certain entities, right? There weren't, there weren't like, you know, plaque plaques, but, you know, someone went through the effort to give us awards for. That was a community-based thing too. Like the other indie, the other <clears throat> game devs at the time voted on us. We won. Did that make you feel good? Yeah, made, it did. Made me feel good, but, you know, I certainly don't want to live my life, you know, wanting to chase things like that. You know, I, I want my experience as I'm doing it to be the reward itself. I love the experience, but this part of the experience, it's been an emotional roller coaster. And that's and just going to make, you know, that one fan that tells you, man, you have, uh, you made a great game. That's, that's going to make that even that's going to make that experience feel even better. Yeah, I um, that actually reminds me too many games and a mag fest, and even a play NYC, watching people play the game and, and enjoy it, it makes me emotional. There are some cringy moments which are pretty funny. Um, That's the best part. So, I mean, I know that was those. <laughs> Yeah, do you, do you remember that that uh, that time <laughs> where someone like went uh, and loaded up that save file right before oh, yeah. the uh, right? Yeah, you you weren't even there for it. I don't. He, 
I know I was there for it. I just got up and ran away like a little bitch. You know yeah, I mean? So yeah. So for anyone who's listening, when Gary gets embarrassed by the game, he gets up and walks away from the table. So he has no. Like, I get up and I, I go uh, check out the uh, the other the other tables. Yeah, you get away and walk. You get up and walk away. <laughs> um, there was a the story goes this this guy came up and, and picked up like like loaded a save file instead of starting from the beginning. And this save file, so there, and spoiler alert for anyone who doesn't want to hear this, but there is literally a part in a game where you need help from someone who's supporting the, res, the, the, resist, the resistance against the government. And um, he's a gay lumberjack who takes a liking to one of your party members who um, also finds the lumberjack attractive. So uh, the two of them, you know, do stuff, get together. We don't, uh, we don't, we don't show the whole thing. No, the screen face is a, this is a carryover scene from the original game because this is actually, we thought it was funny. It was funny and it still is. Well, well, we've actually made it far more appropriate this time around because the last time it wasn't. This one was not homophobic. The other one was. But anyways, it made that this scene made its way into the game. Uh, we kept it. Yeah. So the guy basically, <sighs> this, this person who played it, loaded the save file, saw the cutscene. As soon as the cutscene ended, he put the control down and walked away. I just burst out laughing. <laughs> I actually can't remember if I was there or not. Uh, you weren't. Yeah. I don't remember you being there. Okay. That was a too yeah. many games. You you might have just told me about it after. I'm like, man, that's hilarious. Yeah, and then uh, I think I deleted that save file or saved over it afterwards, so that would happen again. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. Moments like that that make it all worth it. Certainly do, I suppose. Um, all right, so should we end the podcast? Yeah, let's end it, and then we'll record a preamble or something. All right, sounds good. All right, thanks all for listening. Gary, I think this will be our last one for the year, but I do you, I still want to do this next year. I probably I want to Okay, if we're going to be in Regina at the same time, I want to do at least some sort of recording in person or we're going to do together. a Christmas special when we're home together. Christmas special, yeah. We can like even record it while we're at like Stone Store or something. That could be fun. Stone's throws a coffee shop back home in Regina, Saskatchewan. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, we talked a lot about the game at that said coffee shop. We so, do. Yeah, yep. it's got semi sentimental sentimental meaning for kids of Carindel. And yeah, basically an entire game development life together. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please consider liking and subscribing. We love your support uh and uh yeah be sure to check out the game if you're if you're around come see us at magfest in january and um we'll be there we'll uh have a game where you can come criticize the art to her face and and uh whatever else you want to do but nothing else i hope you enjoy it um and i hope you enjoy hanging out with us in the podcast and uh that cheers and be safe cheers and be safe bye all